Welcome to Healing House. Greetings and salutations, friends, and welcome to Healing House Podcast. Each week we'll break down ancient esoteric practices, the power of tarot, yogic concepts, the occult, and sacred rituals with a modern spin, making them applicable for everyone on the quest to arriving at home in the subtle body. All while cackling under the moon. (laughs) We're still cackling. We won't stop. We won't stop cackling. Never! <laughs> it's not just a seasonal thing for us. <laughs> yeah, fucking spooky season doesn't end in October for our bitch asses. Yeah. It's tw- 24-7, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, so, first of all, uh, thanks to everybody who came out to the full moon circle for Samhain, the web spinner circle. That was awesome. I, like, cried my brains out. (laughs) I think we all did. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys who came out. It was really fun and really great, and we'll have more. It was so great. So good. And it was cool. Like, shout out to Angela. Like, her just kind of teaching us about Japanese culture and, you know, like, how they honor their the the death of their ancestors and their family and yeah. and friends and things she she brought so much insight i was really really i know i still have to look uh, it was up, really great to get to know look her a little bit into because uh, they i was surprised i mean i guess it's not that surprising because spring i guess still it's like spring is like mm-hmm. the rebirth so that makes sense but that's kind of like when they celebrate that a little bit a little bit different. yeah um but yeah it was super cool which is yeah to learn and which is great because today we're going to be talking about De Los Muertos, which is how my culture celebrates death. So it's a it was a good lead up. Yeah. But just thanks so much to everybody that came out. It was so great. It was intimate. It was, you know, just loaded with like safe space yeah. and support. Michelle, you did such a good job at facilitating that. It was it was powerful. The, all those journaling exercises. Oh, so good. Had a good time. I love all the bodies of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fun. Um, so it's uh November third. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh Yeah. We all know what's up to today. Um how are you feeling about the election, Michelle? I That's our hocus focus focus feel... this week is fucking election. I don't know. I don't wanna be like I feel like, I don't know. I feel like a little, I feel hopeful. I feel like there's some, like I'm horrified to like say, you know, I don't want to like jinx, I don't want to like say (laughs) too much or like that I, I really feel like, I really do feel like, I don't know if it's just who, obviously like who we surround ourselves with and just like my, you know, my sources, um, or the people that I like get my information from, um, are all very, you know, when I look at the internet, I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody agrees. Everybody wants love to win. Everybody is like in this totally. together. Like, <laughs> we are so going to be, we're able, you know, this is, this is really. Nobody like, votes for Trump. Yeah. And then like I get, you know, and I just, I was, I was 
laughing before I got on the call that I feel a little bit like, like time is really weird right now, at least for me. And like the, I think for everybody with like COVID, like, it's just like, oh my God, it's November now. Like it's November. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, you know what I yeah. mean? Like I remember in, I remember in March thinking like that we might be able to go travel for my mom's birthday in April. And then in April, you know, then it was like, okay, well, obviously that's not happening. That's not happening. And then it was like, (laughs) well, you know, don't, you know, we're like, oh, mom, we felt so bad. Like, oh my gosh, my mom's going to have a birthday in quarantine. It's like, well, every goddamn one of us is going to have a birthday in quarantine now. Absolutely. Would be a thing. But I feel this weird, like, disconnect with, like, with the time and even... Because I'm not, like, driving or, like, seeing anyone. And it was, like, the couple times I've gone to the post office, it was nice because my post the post office is right by um, one of the voter stations. So, like, every time I went to the post office, like, in the last, like, week. I mean, I've only, I went twice. <laughs> but, you know, lines <laughs> of people. Um, and that was, yeah. like, you know, and, of course, the internet, which I'm trying to stay a little bit, like, I'm just trying to be on there a little bit less. Um yeah, this the, week I'm chilling yeah. on my Instagram, dude. I'm not fucking looking at yeah, shit on there. and even, there. like, last week, so it's just, like, it kind of feels like a little bit of, like, this disconnect of, like, it actually being real and it actually happening. I just, I can't, I kind of... Excited and nervous and all that at the same time. Totally. Like, I think your body is going into, like, because I kind of feel that way right now, too. Um you know as i'm sure like i was like okay like our hocus pocus focus is what this week is obviously the election but i feel like my body is gearing up to protect itself so therefore i'm having kind of like what we were talking about in the chakra series like i feel like i'm an observer like i'm out of body and i'm just observing and getting ready to tell myself like how like what to command myself how to act like how to feel to to prepare for that fucking piece of shit to come back into the office. But I'm the same as you. Like I'm on, you know, my Instagram and stuff and I'm like nobody votes for Trump and then I drive through Weld County to go up to Fort Collins and you see blue lives matters and giant truck flat Trump flags like flying off the back of giant like gas guzzling like stupid fucking trucks. And it's just it's a it's a shift, you know, like we and think about those people. They're probably only surrounding themselves with people that have their same, like, ideals and taking in news that aligns with them. Like, we just really tailor the content that we take in, even if it isn't the truth, on both sides, you know? Yeah. That's why I was like, I'm going to get off Instagram until the election is over on my own personal one. I was like, I'm just going to look at the Healing House Instagram because there's just, like, cute candles oh, and, like, tarot cutest. cards. I love going on there. And stores. I know, me too. Or, like, hot little witch chicks, like, looking all sexy in their, like, dope-ass, like, lingerie shit. And it's the cutest. I, I, I know. I'm Now I'm, like, bored with my own Instagram. Mine used to be so good. Me too. It used to be, like, all, all artists. Like, it was all artwork. But I think, like, as, you know, you have it for so long and, like, I don't know what happens with the like algorithm or like what gets shown to you and it's like funny yeah. i feel like now it's just like it's I, I have on my like main art account it's like product like it's literally hair like there'll be hair ads yeah and then like babies it's just like babies like just pregnant babe and people what the babies. fuck i know and i'm like i don't know if it's like 
Like I like my because broken. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like that, I like other people, like my friends who have had babies. Like I go and I click on their pages, and I like and maybe like the tags and their stuff, or it's just it like might the be. algorithm of like trying to get me pregnant to have a child, <laughs> dude. Fuck. Yeah, I uh, but, no, I definitely don't get. I think my phone listens to me with that, <laughs> like how much I just don't want to have a child because I'm fucking terrified of kids. I don't want to fuck somebody's life up. I really don't. And I will if I do have a child, so. (laughs) I don't want to, and I will fuck your life up. Sometimes I'm like, can you imagine, um, like, if your dog was a human, like, how fucked up they'd be? Like, one minute, I'm like. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) One minute, I'm like, everybody in the other room. I need my own space. <laughs> and then you let them in. You're like, oh, good boy, good boy. Yeah, and then I like, and then I come in there like five seconds later with like dog with like dog bone stuff with peanut butter, and I'm like, you're so cute. I'm sorry, I yelled at you. You want to go in the car? <laughs> and then like I get in the car and like we're not going. I gotta go do yeah, this. <laughs> drop my smoothie on the way into the car, and I just like start screaming. I'm like everybody in the house again. <laughs> <laughs> It's very confusing. It's so good. Yeah. Like, I'll do that, like, out at the, uh, like, where I take the dogs hiking. Because we go off leash, I'll be like, paper, dog, get your ass over here. And then he shows up, and then, like, (laughs) boo. Just give him his treat. I know. Same. Oh, my God. Same. And then, Nyla, you should see. I think Nyla is part human because you should see the looks that bitch gives me sometimes dude same with jack "Mm." yeah oh yeah those two have always been very like intuitive yeah i think it's really funny like jordan was like creeped out by jack like when we first like uh, came together but like we would like (laughs) like if we were like hugging or something like you if me and jordan are hugging you just look around like i just look around for wherever jack is because like he is watching somewhere and then like you just see his like head coming around the corner he's just like staring like at jordan and like jordan (laughs) used to be like creeped out about it he's like every time i touch you your dog is like observing and i'm like yeah (laughs) you guys are like having sex and his head is just on the bed yeah they definitely leave the room i can't i can't Dude, it is so weird. Like, they even know. Like, as soon as I, like, snuggle close to Dan, they're like, we're out. We're out. I know. Some will leave, too. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> yeah. I know. I never like, understood. Like, some of my friends, like, have told me stories. They're like, yeah, and then my dog, like, licked my butt. I'm like, why the fuck was your dog, like, up in the bed with you guys? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I... Get them off and close the door, bitch. Yeah. Like, like... <laughs> one time. <laughs> one time like dan and i are like fuck having sex and i look over and like i guess we didn't close the door all the way but max is like straight up just sitting on the floor glaring at me as dan is like fucking my brains out and i just like (laughs) you just see like all my whole body like moving and then i like look over to the left and I just see these brown eyes of disgust and shame you're like, <laughs> staring into the depths of my soul. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not fucking coming now. You're so. like, get the fuck out of here, Max! <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm just oh. moving my head back and forth like a crazy person. So good. Like a fucking paper doll. 
Um, what else? I you, Michelle's graduating from Bruja Report. Wheels from wheel, yeah, wheels reinvented. I'll still be in the Bruja Report. Um, next oh, week is wheels. the. Excuse mm-hmm. me. We have wheels today. And yeah, then I graduate. I'll get my certificate, and I'm gonna offer. I'm gonna do um, a forty day. Forty dollars for forty days, um, sessions that I've like picked up from mm-hmm. that course specifically. So I think that'll be cool and fun. Just like get some people in and and y'all please reach out to me if you are interested in uh the bruja the monthly bruja report subscription or the course i took the wheels reinvented i have some discount codes that you can get through me so let me know um next week which yeah well on the 10th i'm going to um this little spa on first street i told you about this that i'm gonna rent out a, a little room very excited. Mm-hmm. And so I think it'll be really dope just to have like a more central location. So for anyone who's in Austin listening, um, be sure to stay tuned because I'll have a little central spot for my healing sessions. So I'll have Bee Caves area and South Austin. That's awesome. And then, yeah, the 40 days starts January. $40, 40 day. $40, 40 days. It's going to be fun to decorate it too. Yeah, it's very, um, I know. It's a really clean, like, spot because it's, like, it's a spa. It's, like, a medical spa, really. Um, so, yeah, hopefully I can bring some, like, salt lamps and stuff in there. Maybe some of my own artwork. We shall see. Dude, that sounds rad. Yeah. Um, as long as, you know, everything remains. If we, yeah, we'll carry on. It'll be all good. I really do have a lot of hope in this, in the in the people. And, you know... I do, too. Like, I'm not as scared as 2016 for some reason. I think everybody's had enough, and he's proven that he can't do the job. He can't grow into the job. He divides us, white nationalists, etc. I know, and that's, like, that's what sucks is, like, it's not, like, like, I think most people understand that, or actually, I don't know that most people understand this because I think people, like, put, like, the president, like, up in this spot that's like god like very like oh my gosh the main power the main control like this is it this is them and it's like there's Actually, so many people senators right like there's just so much yeah. involved and it's like that's everybody whatever because by the time you're listening to this we'll not or you know you'll know what happens but um we'll know you know having trust that um whatever really is meant to be you know that there like is some sort of like well I, I hope that there's like some sort of like plan of, of the people and we can get through it and if he does win again you know optimism is that I think that the house and the senate are pretty much gonna be it's gonna be a blue wave and that's where power is is within the decision within legislation you know, like if the House and the Senate are both Democrat, it's going to be really fucking hard for him to get his shit done. Yep. Yep. You know True. What I mean? Should we, shall we? Should we draw? Should we draw an election day yeah. card? I'll have to draw that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's draw the card. Yeah, let's do it. 
I also meant to ask on the day after, you know, the day after our moon circle was Samhain. Did you, I burnt, did you burn your, burn your thing? I did. And Dan freaked out. He was like, Brie, what's burning? And I didn't want to tell him that I was burning paper in the house because he would like tell me that I'm a fool. So nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing. Uh, I was lighting a candle. (laughs) I was banishing all of these things that creep into my mind. (laughs) So good. Air, earth, or water. Earth. Forgive. (laughs) Fuck. Read read the thing. Read the thing. But maybe I'm thinking forgiveness in a good way, though. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Without forgiveness, you cannot evolve. There's only so far you can go without truly freeing yourself from judgments of the heart and mind. Release, embrace, and forgive. Rewire and rewrite the old beliefs and resentments. Welcome love and compassion in their place. For sure. I think that's what we're going to have to do, dude. Like, no matter what happens with this, like, we're going to have to either forgive ourselves or we're going to have to forgive our fucking, you know, like, everybody who like has spewed these words of of like hate and who have been, you know, cav- catalysts in this like movement of division. Do you know what I mean? Like for us yeah. to heal as a country, I think we have to forgive. And that's the most important thing. And you know what? Yeah. I forgive you motherfuckers. Yeah. I forgive you. And do better. I'll do better, you do better. The yeah. end. Forgive and then try harder. We will too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. All right. Are you ready? So ready. Okay. Um, welcome, everyone. So today we're going to be going over Dia de los Muertos. And in English, that translates to Day of the Dead. I'm going to quote some of my resources here. So I watched a super dope-ass documentary on PBS. And then I also went down a rabbit hole in uh, Britannica. I don't know. It's just like, um, it's like kind of like a Wikipedia source in a way. But it's just like, it has like the links and then you just click and then you click and then you click and then you click and then you're like, holy shit, how am I on the Easter bunny? You know, (laughs) (laughs) how did we get down to the hair club for men? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I just kind of went down a wormhole, but it was super fun just to kind of like, um, you know, unpack and discover just a lot of the, the history and kind of the timeline and like the dates of this holiday, because like most traditions, everything is passed down orally and kind of like in a folklore style uh just like by your parents parents and their parents and etc and etc so it's really cool to kind of just get the get to get the facts of everything 
paint. So 3,000 years ago, the celebration of the dead and those who have passed in Latin America, right? That's what Day of the Dead is. It's not America's version of Halloween, which or uh, Latin America's version of Halloween. Um, you hear that a lot. Lots of people saying, oh, Day of the Dead, it's just like, you know, Mexican Halloween. Uh, it's It's not. Not actually. I mean, essentially, it's, it's more. Not oh, that. It's it's not. However, it does stem from, uh, you know, it does kind of like lots of things that we were talking about with Sawin, kind of wears uh, the mask of it being a part of of Christianity with the affiliation with the saints. Right. It's a pagan celebration that has been influenced by All Saints Day. And it starts October 21st, and it ends on November 2nd. And is actually, it's now uh, just recently being considered a Mexican national holiday. Beforehand, it wasn't. And kind of like Samhain and Halloween, known it's also known as the veil between the mortal and the spiritual world, where it gets thinner, right? And the spirits who have passed enter back into this world to come and visit their loved ones that they've parted with. Right. And what I love about just like my culture specifically, and it was the way that we've always treated death. Like I remember being a kid and going to funerals and it was like I actually looked forward to funerals because it was a fucking party. Like, you know, obviously we had the big like, you know, Catholic service and, you know, burial and things like that. But like afterwards, dude, we fucking raged like, (laughs) you know, everybody was there, like all of your cousins, you know, like all your tias, all your uncles, like your grandparents, your great parent, grandparents, like people from out of state. And we all just like celebrated. We ate like food, like the adults drank. We were all running around and playing. Like it felt like and telling our favorite stories of that person. Like never, I always thought funerals were like that until I went to a funeral with my best friend and it was literally the saddest thing I've, I've ever experienced. Her grandma died, but like literally it was just like crying and mourning the entire time and like oh my god I left that like being a young kid and being like holy shit my heart is like fell into my butt right I was gonna say the your experience like with the the big party and stuff afterwards sounds like um my family's version of the funeral but that's like before the funeral during the funeral and after and that was not a cultural thing it was just like an alcoholic thing It wasn't a cultural thing. It was a, it was an alcoholic. Thing. It was an alcoholic type thing. So, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, interesting story. So when I, when I was younger, I had an aunt, and she would always like. I remember looking at her, and I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with you know with like Auntie so and so." And I was like, what the fuck is her deal? But she would just be like nodding off at the table, just like nodding. Like, A, she wouldn't eat jack shit. And then she would ask me the same questions every five minutes. And I'm like, I just told you that, bitch. <laughs> and then later on down the road when I was 18, she uh, she checks into rehab for being an alcoholic. And I was like, everything just came together, like reliving like all of those steps, like or scenarios and and situations in my head, I was like, oh my God, she was just drunk as a skunk. 
Yeah. Like, I used to be like, what the fuck is wrong with auntie blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. like, why does she keep asking me the same questions? And why is she falling asleep in her mashed potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. But yes, sorry. No, you're so fine. Carrying forward, right? Mesoamerican and Aztec and Mayan cultures had similar views on death as those in the Western world. Indigenous Mexicans and El Salvadorians cultures believe that your physical body was just temporary, but the soul passed on to live in another world. So, so essentially the afterlife, you know, having this belief that, you know, that's very, very common throughout so many different cultures of the world is that, you know, this body is temporary and your soul lives on and it, it goes and like hangs out and develops like a whole new life on its own in a completely different world. So they believe that your soul went to the land of the dead and was ruled by the Lord of the dead. Okay, so I got, please, for the love of God, everyone, I'm going to attempt to say this deity's name and I'm going to spell it out first and then give you my shitty pronunciation of it it's m-i-c-t-l-a-n-t-e-c-u-h-t-l-i here i go you lost me <clears throat> you're like i'm gone after the seventh letter um michelanchulti right the aztec god of the dead usually portrayed with a skull face right with his wife so she was the queen of the dead um Again, her name is spelled um, M-I-C-T-L-A-N, right? The souls of those who uh, manner of death fail to call them into the various paradises, right? Made a four-year journey, fraught with trails through the nine hells of Mictaclan, which is like essentially their, their hell and like their underworld. And the last, um, the God of the dead lived and appeared and found at rest. So, yeah, so there's um, the God in, uh, of the dead and then his boo, right, the goddess of the dead. In Aztec culture, the queen of the underworld was kept, kept watch of the bones of those who passed. So, basically, the queen, she would kind of just, like, make sure that your corpse wasn't being fucked with and that you are are raying and and less resting at peace and then the lord of the underworld like he was kind of the one that dictated like you know ruled the actual souls so the queen ruled the physical body that has been left within our our mortar world and then the king ruled the souls in Aztec hieroglyphics, the queen of the underworld is shown with her mouth open and her tongue exposed, indicating that she has the ability to swallow the stars and brighten the day. That's pretty fucking And badass. also do a gnarly lion's breath. Yeah, exactly. I was actually thinking about that because when I was like looking up photos of her, I was like, damn, that bitch's throat chakra is clear. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then, of course, per usual, with every indigenous culture, um, there was colonization, right? The Spanish and conquistadors, specifically Hernan Cortez, came to Mexico and colonized over the bright, um, uh, colonized and came over and brought Catholicism and their saints associated with the religion, bringing over All Saints and All Souls Day. 
I mean, so Cortez came over, and the Spanish, like, obviously all came with him as well, and they brought their Western religion, which was uh, Catholicism. Just like colonialization in the U.S., the two cultures merged. Aztec and Mayan gods and goddesses became affiliated with uh, different specific saints, right? So uh, this happens a lot, too, in Caribbean culture and with things like Santeria, um, is that, like, you have, like, the face of the saint, but then in practice, like, so people could keep their native, quote-unquote, pagan religions as it was, like, baptized to them in, you know, when the Christians came over. Um, it, it was almost like a disguise to practice their, their religion freely, but still fall in line with, you know, what the Westernization um, was happening. When the, when the Spanish finally conquered Mexico, their mission was to turn um, all of the people of Mexico into practicing Catholics. Like, that's, that's everybody's mission, right, is, is to go in and, and convert them to be like them. Because we still see that pattern today where we, you know, want to strip everybody of, like, who they are, what they do, and make them more like us rather than accepting them. And remember how in the solar plexus we talked about that power isn't power over others, right? It's it's being responsible and making uh, true, authentic decisions for yourself. Right. Instead you know? of being like, uh, it's, it's, let's all do my way. My way is the best. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, exactly. Do it. When, no, dog, like your way, you know, the way you do something isn't going to be the best for me. And the way I do something isn't going to be the best for you. Right, so what they did in order to kind of just like pillage the land of of anything that they considered to be remnants of the the Aztec and Mayan culture is they fucking burnt shit down, dude. Like if you think about some of these really phenomenal like cultures in like Mesopotamia, Egypt, um, China, and then like um, in in Latin America, so the Aztecs and the Mayans. Right, they built these state of the art, highly intelligent, sophisticated temples and buildings. You know, to the point that when like the Europeans came over, they were like, What the fuck? Like, who built this? How could these people who don't even have guns construct this amazing advanced state of the art yeah. building and have aqueducts and all of these things, you know? They don't even have guns. They don't have guns. <laughs> like, no, motherfucker. We'll fucking, like, rip your head off with our hands. That's how fucking metal yeah. they are. Dude, like, grab a book about, like, you know, just, like, Aztec culture and Mayan culture. Those motherfuckers were savage. It was dope. <laughs> Dude, like, it was so rad. And, and to just, it's, like, again, the culture is highly, highly sophisticated. You know, think about, like, the things that the Romans did. They fucking did, too. So the Spanish came over and they tore down, like, these phenomenal state-of-the-art advanced temples and replaced them with fucking churches, right? So, you know, you think of, like, traditionally of what you would think of as, as a European church. They tore to try to destroy and tear down a lot of these really, really beautiful, just phenomenal buildings. <clears throat> Pope Gregory III moved All Saints Day to November 1st after this. And then finally, Pope Urban um, moved the souls to the 2nd of November, 
right, and offered up a mass ceremonial baptismal to celebrate the day, right? So we moved All Souls Day to November 2nd and All Saints Day to November 1st and a way to kind of like celebrate this merging of of the cultures they're like oh yeah everybody free baptisms like in the square like come get your baptisms <laughs> you know to to cleanse you know these quote unquote like heathens and and make them clean and pure good christian boys and girls um po right where was i oh yeah these days <clears throat> uh these days are not of days of mourning, but there are days of celebration. Even then, you know, like it was the Christians even celebrated like that. Like they boogied, they got down, they tore some shit up. One of the most iconic figures associated with De los Muertos is the skeleton called La Catina, right? So um, we're moving forward in time now, a couple hundred years, right? <laughs> we're moved all the way up to the 1900s. Yeah, so, you know, that skeleton, Michelle, I don't know if you, I'm sure you've seen this skeleton, especially because you live in Texas. You know, um, usually La Catrina is, like, pictured with a giant Mexican, or a giant brimmed hat uh, with, like, a feather, and then she's wearing kind of, like, a colonial, um, early turn-of-the-century style dress, um, and she looks very much like a European woman. I'm sure you've seen that, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so La Catrina was used in a political leaflet in the early uh, 1900s by Jose Guadalupe Posada. The intention was to mock the living and remind them of their mortality. So that originally was why he designed that specific character. Right. And, and they're all of a sudden, like they just took off. Like you'll see them in, in pamphlets and you'll see them dancing, eating, being merry, being drunk. Right. The community called these uh, political cartoons death, the, um, a reminder of that death is the great equalizer. La Catrina was designed also to mock colonialization and Mexican women dressing up as Europeans and people just completely forgetting and abandoning their culture. But again, like this happens a lot even today. You know, I am myself, you know, I'll speak for myself, not some of the stories and and, and things that I've heard from my certain friends and family letter and family members. But if you grew up like from, you know, like even like either early 2000s on and you were born in this country, I'm second gen. You get your culture oppressed out of you. Right. Like it just happens that way. I don't like it. Yeah. So, you know. If you are you grow up in this country and you are born in America, like I'm second generation, you know, my mom is first, you get, you do get your culture forcibly stripped from you, right? It gets oppressed out of you and you're afraid to practice things, you know, because you'll get made fun of or you'll experience racism like my mom and my uncle yeah. definitely did. And, it, you know... And in that end, like a lot of, of people, like especially a lot of Mexican-Americans who kind of have the same very, very common background that I do is, you know, you get shamed because you're not Mexican enough, right? But that's because your family's culture was oppressed out of them. And out of fear, they don't pass certain things down to you. And I think during that time, 
uh, Katrina was inspired from that, mm. you know, and turned in, into satire. That's just my theory. That's not like factual. There isn't anything there, but that's just right. what I am kind of interpreting as I was doing this this research and investigation. Right. And those little La Catrinas and, and cartoons uh, of the skeletons wearing European clothing um, and, and became political like cartoons called Calaveras. Right. It became more widely depicting uh, like famous people, political figures and, and, and current day high society figures like dressed up as these skeletons. So wearing maybe like, you know, a, a senator's like you know, suit, uh, like a suit that helps identify that senator, but then dressed as like a drunk skeleton. So they kind of became little political figures like that. And over time, um, those skeletons became decorations for the All Saints Day and the Day of the Dead, de los muertos festivities, right? This made, <clears throat> this made the holiday like very light and, and kind of funny. And throughout time, Diego Rivera's 1947 mural, for those of you who don't know who Diego Rivera is, he's a very famous uh, Mexican artist. He was really, really good friends and was lovers with Frida Kahlo. Uh, she was, again, another uh, Mexican artist who was half Mexican, half German. And so Diego Rivera's uh, 1947 mural um, titled Dream of a Sunday Afternoon brought uh, La Catrinas into... A more common popular spotlight right because he w had works that were hosted all over the world in Europe in New York in Chicago and so that was a lot of uh, the Western world's first time experiencing and, and, and seeing a part of you know Mexican culture and heritage this mural you'll see Diego holding hands with La Catrina to me, it symbolizes um, acceptance and, and the welcoming of the dead, you know, rather than, than this this fear, you know, because if you were to see this painting, if you go Google it really quick and like look it up, you'll see it's Diego Rivera's portrait of him walking like kind of like you would hold like a, a best friend or like your significant other's arm when you lock elbow to elbow and there's a giant celebration walking behind them. And then I think it's kind of just like. I'm ready to die, man, mm -hmm. you know, because him and Frida were both very, like, nihilistic. Um, you know, they were communists, which was, especially during the 1940s, like, if you were found out to be a communist, your ass would be yeah. fucking grass, you know? So I think it was kind of just this, like, fuck death, I'm not afraid, let's rock. Um, which is super punk rock and really cool. Um... This is eventually kind of replicated and, and passed on into these things that we know of as, as sugar skulls, right? Which has become a, a traditional treat in Mexico. They're made of sugar, meringue, uh, water, icing, and powdered sugar, and food coloring, right? Fe <clears throat> feel free to make them plain. Like, you could just make, like, the little sugar skull. Or you can just fucking rock out and, and decorate them and look super dope, you know? Like, the tattoo on my arm is, is a sugar skull, and it's just this skull, you know, just decorated out with, like, beautiful pinks and turquoise and purples. Um, that's kind of the more common way that we think of when we see, when we see sugar sugars. Mm -hmm. Right? This type of sugar art was brought over by the Italians in the 16th century to Mexicans. 
right? And Mexicans learned, um, right, how to eventually make that style of patisserie or, you know, Italian uh, sweet just through kind of like passed down, just like anything that um, inheritance from Italian culture gets passed down and, and influenced and f- created into a fusion of, of Mexican culture. <clears throat> Small sugar skulls represent children who have died and their death is actually celebrated on November's 1st. Right? Mm. So you celebrate like the tiny little babies and kids who have passed on. While the larger sugar skulls represent uh, adults, and that celebration actually happens on the 2nd. This tradition is huge uh, for De Los Muertos, right, having these sugar skulls. They can be found um, through the creation and the development of an altar. So traditionally, you'll place this on an altar, right? And Michelle talked about altars during our, our Samhain episode. And just know, and we talked about this in the moon circle too, your your altar, right, we call it the ofrenda in Spanish is, is what you would call an, an altar, right? It's the offering. Um, it can be made at home if you don't have one. In, in Mexico, you'll see like businesses, parks, and other kind of like public places during this time of the year, right, open up their streets and sidewalks and give you permission to just show up and kind of create your own or add on to the ones that they've built or that others have been constructing during this holiday season. Right, this is where <clears throat> these altars are where you're inviting the souls to come celebrate with you. It's a multi-layered kind of like leveled style of altar. Like if you think about even like the Aztec pyramids and like how they had kind of like those steps in Mexican altars, right? It's kind of like that as well. Like you have like one big step, then a smaller on mm-hmm. top, then a smaller, then a smaller, etc. This is, um, it's a multi-unit that represents hell, earth, and heaven, right? So yeah, interesting stuff. They mostly consist of, of pictures, um, sugar skulls, right, encouraging the death, um, the dead to stop by that altar. So if homie, you know, your great uncle sees like his photo, he'd be like, oh, yeah, that's my altar. That's my squad. That's my family. I'll just come and hang out here. Um, flowers were also really are also very common and very popular to place on the altar. Usually you would uh, lay marigolds down, right? So marigolds are flowers of the dead. And what their intention is, is to light up the altar. So that way your, your dearly departed can see where your altar is at and where, um, you'll all be waiting for them. So it kind of illuminates the pathway, kind of like the jack-o'-lantern. Um, before the altar is assembled, the house must be clean meticulously. It's very important because it symbolizes the respect for your visitors who are about to arrive. Like, and the intention of them being so vibrant, bright, and clean, and lit the fuck up is so that way the dead can find you, and they can find their altar. Each member of the dead also gets lit a, a candle for them, so every person that you're trying to celebrate gets their own individual candle and they're called setas, which means waxes, right? So candle, right? It, it symbolizes Jesus Christ's rebirth from his faith. And then there's a cup of salt, 
right? And then a cup of water to help quench the the thirst of the people who have traveled here from the underworld. Because, like, damn, you probably had to go through some shit. You had to get past (laughs) the Lord and the Queen of the underworld. Yeah. Right? But to return home. Um, and then you have incense as well, the kapal, right? Which care with the incense, the intention of your incense is to carry prayers to heaven. And then food. So much food. Technically, like, or, you know, traditionally, it's, it's home-cooked meals. So if you think about, like, soul food, like, it's the food of, like, your favorite loved ones, you know? So you'll mm-hmm. see, like, homemade dishes that are really warm and comfy right to feed the travelers so you think like tamales you know i think tortillas like i think of of lots of candies too and and cakes and things like that just to you know honor them and to celebrate them but also to aid their hunger from the underworld um let's see and then everybody at the end uh, on november 2nd like takes part in the feast so the very very last day of de los muertos everybody sits down at the altar and you eat just like you harvest and feed all of that food that you help prepare and that you honored and you offered you get to participate within that feast as well uh, Mexican folklore also uses lots of uh, butterflies to represent uh, the dead, but specifically dead children. Day of the Dead happens actually, I don't know if you know this, but on the the day and in, in the week, like that whole celebration is the giant monarch butterfly migration into Mexico. So Ooh, during dope. De Los Muertos, I know, right? So during De Los Muertos, like you'll just see these huge herds of monarch butterflies it's like the sky is just like they're sprinkled everywhere so it makes it feel so magical you know and and for me the the butterfly symbolizes like rebirth transformation so i think that's yeah so i think that's even like a a a, a more i'm also terrified of butterflies still Um, (laughs) i was gonna say don't you not like them (laughs) I don't, but I've come to respect them. They still creep me the fuck out, like, anatomically, how they're physically constructed with their lungs on their back. It just scares the shit out of me. But it's just, you know, from seeing, like, them far away, as long as they don't fucking come near me, it is so beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. Um, And going, come, moving forward, just, like, a little bit more about the decoration and kind of the beautiful, like, lively like culture that is associated with the decoration of the altar right pipel picado um so these are what you're talking about michelle the pipel picado are those giant like pieces of paper that almost it, it, like you'd kind of make them the way that you would make a, a paper snowflake if you've ever mm-hmm. done that in school um Right, it's cut in the, a banner style, so it's strung like one next to the other, the same exact, or maybe even something a different cutout. Um, and it's a popular decorative item to kind of drape over um, your altar. So even just like snowflakes, or if you stringed popcorn, or during Christmas time, like if you've made um, like the little like paper ringlets to like stream around the house and on the tree. That's essentially uh, what they're doing, but with kind of like these really, really cool cutouts, right? And it represents air that comes from the Aztec tradition of cutting out bark paper and shapes of their gods and goddesses to honor them. 
So this is something that has been passed down for a really, really long time because the early Aztecs and Mayans would make these really beautiful cutouts and hang them in their houses and at their altars to honor the different gods and goddesses. So you'll, that's the intention of those paper cutouts. Um, and the tradition carries on further. So you can bring, again, your altar out of the house and you can bring it to a tombstone or a mausoleum, right? Those also become altars. Families show up and they clean up the, the tombstone, the gravesite. They make it sparkle and shine. And then they bring all of their marigolds and food and photos and candles. And families spend their evening there on November 2nd, right? And they play music. They talk and they tell stories. And it kind of holds like this really fun, exciting, celebratory vigil of those who have passed like near their gravesite. Right? This celebration is a celebration of love life and to not fear what comes next and that is kind of just the basic foundation of de los muertos i mean obviously like i really really now want to do um an episode on lots of different like aztec um and Mayan gods and goddesses and kind of the power that they had within those cultures, I started like clicking and I was like, oh my God, it's been three hours, Brie. You need to focus on <laughs> the general information about this celebration and holiday out, you know? <laughs> Dude, I love learning about the gods and goddesses. It's a very, very fun. It's so cool. And I like, I'm like, oh my God, we got to do an episode on that now. Right. You know? So but... I'm just like fueled up. <laughs> never ending but yeah that's the that's that's super cool i i definitely yeah i didn't know um one thing i didn't know is about the size of the skulls i didn't know that the that the first one and now i i think i remember i don't know i think i do remember that like or at least in one of the altars that i had seen was that on the on the first row was all the little tiny ones and then behind that was uh, all the larger skulls yeah, isn't that cool? I didn't really know that about the skulls either. That was like one new piece of information. And then also to the history of the La Catrina. You know, like I didn't know that. It, I always thought like skeletons were associated with De Los Muertos, but it they weren't until the early 1900s when Pasado made that, um, that character, La Catrina. Yeah, the La Catrina. Cool. I actually have um, my old roommate gave Jordan and I a tile with the the La Catrinas um, on there, a little wedding one. Um, but in Austin for uh, De Los Muertos, they have a, a little a parade that goes through uh, like Old Town Sixth Street and then on to Congress um, Avenue. And of course, it's just really bright and really beautiful. And I always love walking down um, Congress Street because yeah. they have a lot of old um, shops there, like Latin American um, shops with just so much beautiful. Totally. Bright things in there, a ton of stuff for your altar, uh, sugar skulls and everything like that. Beautiful artwork as well. That's awesome. I... I really want to go to Mexico City during um, this time of the year, during the De Los Muertos celebration. 
my friend Joan is gone and she's like, Brie, it is the most amazing thing I have ever been a part of. She's like, it is just, it's, you, you don't even know where to look because your eyes are just like, everything is beautiful and bright and vibrant and exciting. And there's people in the streets. Like, she's like, I've never felt that much like joy <laughs> in, in, in a city. <laughs> right. I bet. Yeah, yeah, I love absolutely. that. Um, like so much joy and that celebration kind of around something that kind of overall, um, I think in most cultures or just in general, is that people fear a little bit. Um, people fear death. And I love this idea yeah. of kind of having the altars and having them really be beautiful and something to be really, really be celebrated and um, all the flowers, all the effort that goes into setting up those altars um, is kind of something, you know, to look forward to. And I like that, bringing that into something that seems a little bit um, sad or a little bit fearful. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And it's just, you think about as a person too, like, Think about like culturally if we all celebrated death like that how you would feel about dying like would we be holding on to mortality this hard you know would we be a little bit more accepting of, of certain things you know like would life feel a little bit more easeful if we celebrated death like that and less fearful right just deep shit yeah. to think about <laughs> just some deep shit to think about um yeah yeah so you know show you show us your altars i know when this episode comes out it'll probably be the second week of november but we want to see we want to we want to know about your culture you know again it was so cool to have angela there uh for the moon circle just sharing uh, a little bit more about japanese culture and like how like what they do to celebrate death and the times that that falls and then all of the, you know, celebrations that happen right. there. Like, tell us what your culture does. We want to know. We want to see how you celebrate. And it's important to show the world, too. Like, the more we know, the better we are. So share that right. shit. Michelle, what I'll are... share it. Michelle, you're, you're presenting next week, yeah? I'm presenting. Ah! Um, what, are you doing? what are you doing next week? I'm, I'm still, I'm like, I think we're, I think we'll start the tarot journey if people are excited about that. I think we should do that. Damn, that could like go, we could go down like a fucking wormhole. I know, that. it will probably be like multiple episodes, but I think tarot would be a really cool um, journey for all of us. And then I'm also planning on um, doing like just a little bit about... Um, kind of like what rewilding as women are and how um like how important it is for like women to kind of like us to come together and um kind of just meet and share and talk and like the word of mouth of just like knowing you know at these different stages in our lives where we're at and how you can like gain you know um so much insight by just like gathering and listening to like those w women who are older than you, women who are younger than you. And I have some friends that like have made their businesses based off of this idea. I think it'd be cool to bring them on. 
and just talk about like the benefits of like of just yeah kind of living your life within like a cycle like it's very it's just the way of the world and there's nothing wrong with um like telling time based on the sun but it's a very masculine way about going and I think that's what for a long time in our society has been it's like very like masculine and like we you know it's like everybody which of course like we all sleep at night and we all like get up and we're ready to like thrive in the day but there's something by like telling time on the sun that's that's very masculine and there's something by telling the time on the moon and that's very feminine and when women like live within that cycle a little bit more I think that they really find their power I think that they um realize that they don't have to do things this like this this tough kind of like go to the grind type of way like every day yeah. wake up a rising grind and if you think about it too like femininity like throughout our history has been shamed so like it's been oppressed yeah, yeah. right so I think like just kind of harnessing that that power back is like is really cool and uh really important I think it's I think it's happening I think it's it's very much happening um right now and to just kind of talk about it and talk about it with people who live that way who live on their on their moon cycle or who live within those kind of um more feminine ways and you know they don't they they take all their all their clients they do a bunch like um you know when they're ovulating and things like this it's just it's so interesting to see how it plays out once you start to pay attention to your like own body's natural rhythms and like go with it, not against it, you know. Let's do it and then if you're listening to that podcast, don't wear pants. Just don't wear pants. Don't wear pants. Yeah. Um do you want to know something inter- I don't know why it brought me to think about that, but so when I was looking up stuff for De Los Muertos, I was like, okay, I'm going to find a podcast. Nothing. I'm going to find an audiobook. Nothing. Like, literally, the only thing you could do is, like, go and, and find a book. But there's not a lot of books about this holiday. And I was just like, what the actual fuck, Audible? Like, can we get, like, somebody to, like, write some more fucking books about this holiday and this culture? But, yeah. Right. I think it's probably all the talk about how we don't talk about the feminine side um, that inspired yeah. that. But that's exciting. Yeah, so we'll have some of our first ever guests on. Yeah, let's get some guests on here. Fuck yeah. It'll be so fun. Yeah. Yep, getting all the we witches doing... up in this bitch. Yeah, we'll be doing asking the questions. Absolutely. I love it. Um, thank you all again so much for showing up for the Web Spinner Circle, for listening this episode. Hopefully you learned some shit that you didn't know. I know that I did when I was researching this paper. Um, follow us on Instagram at Healing House Podcast. But most importantly, subscribe right? Subscribe, uh, leave a review. That's how we get found on Apple and on Spotify, the two biggest uh, podcast platforms. So just follow, subscribe. It doesn't matter when you listen to the episodes, just subscribe. Um, And then join the Patreon. We're actually working on some super dope ass yoga options that are going to be available for the Patreon base. Um, Patreon base, let's jump in class with me and breathe. Yeah, so that's going to hopefully be coming out here soon. Uh, We'll get our yoga program developed, and that'll be an offering as well. So you can yogs with me. 
Um, and we'll do some fun, too, like yoga workshops, like if you're interested in inversions and backbends. I could do that shit now because I'm a free yeah. bird. <laughs> so I'm excited to share with you all, like, our philosophy um, on how to move your body. Yeah, it's going to be dope. And stay tuned as these cool months kind of come in, <laughs> the hibernation station months. Uh, we're going to be doing more of the gatherings of the new moon, uh, full moon, sorry, full moon circles. Um, but yeah, for our trepe bays and once we kind of get them going, it'll be really nice to kind of see the same, the same gals kind of forming these little circles where we, where we meet every month. Um, it's so fun to kind of have these circles forming this like little coven forming and just so nice the accountability that's there um just that that feeling of community and after you kind of go to a couple of them it's nice to kind of see these patterns forming in yourselves where you're able to be like okay last month I set this intention for myself and whether you know awesome if we get there and if not to have that those women around you to kind of talk talk you through um it's really nice to have that kind of accountability. And, you know, if not, um, it's really nice to just have a space held for you and we're going through some hard times. And times are always are, are yeah, always challenging. The and is it's really nice to have a group of women to kind of turn to in those times. So, yeah, stay posted for the next um, full moon circles. You'll You'll know when they are, the... The moon will tell you. <laughs> uh, the moon will tell you when when the next moon circle is. <laughs> yeah, and too, if you join the coven, aka the Patreon, uh, you'll get fifty percent off. So, so do it. Ooh, we yeah. love you. We love you. Fifty percent off. Every month I have off. Um, we love y'all. Um, keep staying your badass fucking mm-hmm, selves. Mm-hmm. And as Michelle Lynn would say, you are magic. Take one deep breath.